little Matchbox 20. So, you know, we're uh, continuing our series, Crazy. And last week we talked about a guy by the name of Elijah. He's a prophet of God. And saying that God had performed amazing things through his life would really be an understatement. The fact is, Elijah had, had done things that, like, they make movies about, and just amazing. And what we're going to find out today is Elijah goes from this really high point in his life to a very low point. He's heading for a breakdown. He's not crazy, but he's a little unwell, which I, I find uh, to be a very curious thing because he just defeated uh, the 850 prophets of Baal and Asherah on Mount Carmel. Remember, we talked about that. And it was this amazing victory, uh, miraculous victory. And this is kind of where we pick up today, First Kings 19.1. It says, now Ahab told Jezebel everything. In other words, he's telling about what happened on Mount Carmel and and all, all, the, all the problems there. And Elijah had, had done everything that, that he, he had performed. He comes back. He, t- he tells them what, what happened. And you need to remember kind of perspective here in that Ahab is an evil king. He's in a long list of, in fact, 19 consecutive evil kings. And scripture says he was the most evil of all of them. Now, I'm reading between the lines here, but as you read that, now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. I'm reading that, and I kind of get the sense that Ahab's kind of reeling from this, reeling from what happened on Mount Carmel. And I believe, again, reading between the lines, but that he really didn't have the stomach to keep fighting. But Jezebel did. Yeah, it says, so Jezebel sends a messenger to Elijah to say, may the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like one of them, talking about the the false prophets. In other words, she, she's responding to him killing all the false prophets. She, she's vowing that she's going to put an end to Elijah's life. And so I don't know. If she sends a messenger. I'm thinking she tweeted and said, Elijah, you're a dead man. By this time tomorrow, it's over for you, bud. But it says Elijah was what? Afraid and ran for his life. I mean, hold on now. I feel like he's heading for a breakdown, and and I don't know why. I mean, I'm baffled. It is stunning to me that Elijah's afraid after all the things that he's been through. And remember, I mean, this guy has seen it all. He he went and he confronted Ahab, the king, which anybody confronting the king, that's a death sentence usually. He, he's, he confronted him, and he turns... He confronted him because he had turned God's people away, had turned their hearts away from the one true God. And so he takes him on. And he delivers the message to the king. He says, you know, because of your idolatry, because you're, you're worshiping other gods, there isn't going to be any rain till God says otherwise. And then it puts into motion three and a half years of drought. 
God warns Elijah, go into hiding. So he went to the Kirth Valley. And it's there that God takes care of him, provides for him miraculously. Provides food every day and water. And Elijah learns to totally depend on God because that's all he's got at this point. And it's miracle after miracle in Elijah's life. God is faithful. God's provision. God's protection. God's power in his life. And this this mighty man of God who had stood up against incredible odds freaks out because one woman tweeted and made some threat to him. I mean, he's running for his life. He's heading for a breakdown. I don't know why. You know, he's not crazy. He's just unwell at this point. He's not crazy. He's a little impaired, so to speak. And the fact is, he's a little bit, what I would say, depressed in his life. And I think, how could that happen to Elijah? And then I think, how can it happen to you and me? And I'm going to say this up front because I know some, some will go, well, I'm an exception. No one is an exception here. No one. We will all face seasons like this in our lives. And I think if we look at Elijah's descent, that we can actually learn some things about how to navigate during these times. But, but first, what I want to do is look at kind of the warning signs that the, the fact is things are spinning out, that you're going in a direction that's not helpful. You know, one of the, the warning signs is you lose perspective in life. You know, I remember a friend of mine, he was going through some financial problems, and it was going to be pretty devastating. And I remember I was having lunch with him, and he said this to me. He says, you know, Damon, they, they could take my car, they can take my house, they could take my country club membership, but they can't eat me. I'm like, what? He goes, they can't eat me. <laughs> you know, and, and I'll never forget that because I, I thought, you know, in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of uncertainty and problems, what I read was he was grounded. He kept his sense of humor. And the point is perspective in life matters. Elijah lost perspective. Jezebel, she, she's probably just blown off steam when she tells him she's coming after him because it seems to me that Ahab had resigned himself, that Elijah had won. And Ahab is still the king. She's not. News had spread throughout the country about what had happened on Mount Carmel. And so you remember, lots of people turned their hearts back to God. And if they didn't, my guess is that they were afraid to go against God or to go against Elijah in any way. And so if Jezebel had followed through with her threat, I'm going to guess she would have lost her throne. Might have cost her her life before it was over. Elijah lost perspective. He lost perspective of God's power in his life, God's promises. He lost perspective of how God had always provided for him and protected him. If Elijah would have just looked to God in that moment, if he had just prayed like he had done so many times in his life, if he would have asked God for perspective, I have no doubt God would have answered him. But Elijah doesn't. 
He doesn't ask for anything. It just says he ran. He ran. And friends, when you lose perspective, wherever you're at today in your life, when you lose perspective, you begin to see the insignificant things in life as overwhelming. And you begin to blow things out out of proportion in your life. You you quit focusing on God, and instead you, you focus on the problem, the situation, and consequently... You, you get scared, and fear and anxiety begin to grow in, in your life, and, and they overrun you when you don't drop to your knees and you just run. Friends, if you're not careful, you'll begin to exaggerate everything, and you begin to believe your feelings. You know, Jesus said one day, he said, If you get in touch with your feelings, if you really get in touch with them, they will set you free. He didn't say that, by the way, right? (laughs) I hope you know that. He didn't say that. (laughs) What did he say? He says, then you will know the what? And the what? Truth will set you free. Jesus says, truth is the way to freedom in life. You know, culture will encourage you to get in touch with your feelings. But your feelings will lead you to focus on the problem. Your feelings will lead you to exaggerate things in your life. If you focus on your feelings, they actually will lead you away from truth. And that's exactly what happened to Elijah here. He loses his perspective totally. And then he isolates himself, which is usually what follows. You know, if you isolate yourself long enough, you will begin to believe things that are crazy. You'll actually begin doing crazy things. Elijah should have drawn close to God, should have drawn close to friends, but he didn't. During these low times in life, Many times when things get really crazy, instead of drawing close, our tendency is to isolate, to pull away, to get away, to run. You know, Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. You know, he ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. If you study the text... Elijah at this point is 120 miles from where God wants him and where God's called him to. And I love the way this scripture emphasizes, it says, he himself, he himself. It's, it's, the writer wants us to get this. The, the fact is, you are the most susceptible in your life when you're alone, when you draw away, it, it, when you have discouragement going on in your life, and problems, and you pull back, watch out. Again, our natural tendency is to retreat, is to isolate. And my best advice, do not do that. Don't listen to your feelings. Go the other direction. Don't ignore those warning signs that go off in your head. You know, I think I've talked about this before. How many of you, when it it comes to uh, car alarms, you know, how many of you have a car alarm? You know, 
Yeah, it, it, it's, it's strange because you get all these different, different sounds like whoop, 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 you know, uh, 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 uh. and I've never understood this. They, they, they say your insurance drops if you have a car alarm, but I'm not sure why. I don't, I don't get it because every time I'm in a parking lot or a neighborhood and somebody starts honking and going off, people don't seem to really pay attention. I mean, people may glance, they glance over and go, oh, yeah, that idiot set his horn off again. I'm like, I'll get it fixed. Um, but seriously, people assume, don't, true? We just assume that somebody made a mistake and we move on and do what we're doing. We ignore alarms. Well, I think we do that in life, too. I think Elijah's depressed. He's struggling. God was more than able to change his situation, but Elijah just focuses on the problem. And he neglects the warning signs in his, in his life. Scripture goes on and says he came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Elijah is spiritually drained, I believe, at this point. He's, he's just got done executing 850 prophets. So I, I think he's probably emotionally taxed. Physically, he's tired. He's, he is exhausted. And the first thing that hit me, I thought, what do you do when you're drained? What do you do in 